Welcome back to the NFL Draft. And with the first round, Who in the hell is Mel Kiper? Who in the hell is Mel Kiper? All right, we are live. Episode number two of the Rough Draft podcast. Andy Priles and myself, Matt Genettino. We What's have up? a very special guest today. Rick Saratella from NFL Draft Bible is live with us. Rick, thank you so much for joining us, taking some time live from Indy right now. What's up, fellas? We're on location across the nation, pit stop in Indianapolis. We pulled in last night. I couldn't sleep last night because there was a big buzz in my hotel room. It was coming from Philadelphia, all halfway across the nation. The buzz from Hassan Reddick's Pro Day workout. It didn't even happen yet, but it just kept me up. I couldn't sleep last night. I can't wait for him to jump through the gymnasium and become a top half of the first round selection. Unbelievable. These guys, they just come out of nowhere, right? These gym rats, and they all of a sudden become first-round picks. Some undrafted guys now become first-round picks. It's uh, unbelievable stuff, but it's all part of the process, all fun. Um, we're going to jump into some uh, some stuff. Just, Rick, tell the folks at, at home when they're listening to this podcast here, uh, what do you guys do at NFL Draft Bible? Well, NFL Draft Bible started off as a publication in 2002, and uh, – it evolved into a website as the internet exploded, as people stopped buying and reading books. Everything transferred online. So we adapted early on to technology. We were the first people to broadcast a live podcast from inside the draft. We did the first video live stream from inside the NFL draft. And I really believe the fact that we adapted early to technology and continue to do so kept us relevant. And let's be honest, fellas, the draft season – while we do it year-round at NFL Draft Bible, we're already cranking out 2018 rankings while everybody's getting on board with 2017. Right. But, um, you know, um, my producer's distracting me while I'm talking now and interrupting my flow. But, uh, you know, it, it's, all, it's all online, and we, we've, we found a way to made our, make ourselves relevant during the offseason, the, the, the non-draft season, our, our offseason. So we go out to the training camp tours. We do a football camps, red carpet events. So, you know, while it's mostly NFL draft, we try to give the people a little bit of everything when it's not December through April. Right. You got to hit it all at uh, different points of the year, which is awesome. Um, what we wanted to talk a little bit about today is the running back prospects. Um, we touched on the quarterback prospects uh, last show, but we're going to do a little bit of running backs today. So, Rick, what are you hearing as far as buzz at the Combine, certain names uh, right now that are maybe up-and-coming, hotter names that teams are interested in? Well, from the running back position, you know, it's um, the year of the running back, right? You have, uh, I believe, at least three guys going in the first round. That's what I think right now anyway. Um, but my third guy is probably different from many of the others. So, you know, Leonard Fournette and, and Dalvin Cook, to me, are the clear-cut two guys, depending on your scheme. I actually value Dalvin Cook a little bit higher than Fournette for me personally, so long as he checks out okay medically here at the Combine. Uh, but it depends. on It's a case-by-case -case situation. A team like the Jets that need to relieve, alleviate some of that pressure off the quarterback position, I think Fournette would be a better fit for a team like that. Now, you know, is there going to be a third running back in the mix? A lot of people think it might be Christian McCaffrey. Some people think it's Alvin Kamara. Very similar players. My bang for my buck is Dante Foreman. I have a first-round grade on him. I think people think he's more of a plotter, but I think he's going to come into Indianapolis. 
I hear he's going to run in the low four or five range, and at 240 pounds, you're looking at a guy like LeGarrette Blunt. If I told you you could have LeGarrette Blunt on your team, would you put a first-round value on that, 14 touchdowns, carrying them to the Super Bowl? I think that's what you have in Dante Foreman. The other guy there as a dark horse candidate for the first round, I'll say, is Curtis Samuel. A lot of people projected him as a wide receiver, a slot guy at the next level. However, this guy rushed for, I think, eight yards per carry for his career at Ohio State, so I'm not going to rule him out as a running back just yet. Right, absolutely. The Brooklyn, uh, New York product. Um, and also, Andy, I mean, you know, we talked about it a little earlier. Donta Foreman would be a, a good fit in that Pats offense, especially if LeGarrette Blount leaves, right? I'm sure you guys would love to see that there. Yeah, Belichick runs a power run scheme, and he always looks for running backs at at least 220 pounds. So we'll be targeting running backs likely in the mid-rounds. Obviously, Ridley has been a third-round pick in the past. He usually targets running backs around that range. And uh, if Foreman fell maybe to the second round, I could see that. But Belichick hasn't drafted the first-round running back since Maroney. But maybe, who knows? That could be a good fit. Right. I think so, too. And, I mean, uh, Rick, is it true that uh, – did you hear about – Leonard Fournette weighing in at 240 today. You think that may be a little too big for him? I did not hear that. I am uh, stuck in room K of the convention center right now. But, uh, hey, you know, I mean, that's what Leonard Fournette is. What, what he weighs in is not going to change the fact that, you know, guys were bouncing off of him like a human pinball machine. He right. was a man amongst boys. And, you know, the knock that I'm hearing on Fournette is really what's between the ears. And who's he hanging with? off the field right so i think that's where the combine interview process carries some weight and some value there and you know you take a look at a guy like ed orgeron who couldn't wait to get this guy out he told him stay home don't come to the bowl game we don't want you he was that much of a negative influence by the end of the season so you know i'd, I'd have to do my due diligence there yeah that's a that's saying a lot for coach o too because he you know, he definitely, I feel like, would put up with a lot. But he's a no-nonsense guy at the end of the day, and especially a guy like Floyd. Well, does this guy want to play football or not? Right. You know, he gets shoved at the 50-yard line and tells me, suit me up, coach. Yeah. So, you know, all of a sudden you're healthy, or were you just preserving yourself? I feel like he's been preserving himself for a year and a half for the, for the draft. Yeah. And, and, Rick, you know, you talk about, um, you know, touching on some guys maybe with, you know, off-the-field problem, what's between the ears. Look at a guy like you brought up Alvin Kamara. Now, he was a guy who was at Alabama originally, uh, was suspended for a bowl game. He's at Tennessee. Uh, people are high on this guy coming up uh, in late, late in this process, now going into the combine. Um, what, what do you think about him as far as a, a riser? Do you think he sneaks into that first round, or do you think he's an early second-round guy? I think he's in the conversation. For my money, he's a second-round guy, and you mentioned he started off at Alabama, and it's funny because Joe Mixon's not here, and then you take a look at, like, Dalvin Cook, who had some issues early on in his, his Florida State career. So why, why is Dalvin Cook being allowed and not Joe Mixon? But in terms of Kamara, I mean, again, it, it just goes to – Pick your poison. Are you, you know, the Kamara, McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel? Those three guys have very similar skill sets. So for me, I'm with Belichick. I would never draft a, a running back in the first round. That's just me personally. Um, you know, so if I were like looking at a, a, a multi dimensional back that can run and catch, such as those guys, I might take a wait and see approach because I do think a guy like Kamara. And even Samuel will slide to the second round. Who knows? Maybe even the third round. So right. I think when it comes to the running back position, uh, I would never, ever invest a first-round pick, even despite 
the success Ezekiel Elliott had this past season. Did they win the Super Bowl? Nope. Did Adrian Peterson win a Super Bowl? Nope. So, you know, I'm not looking at the running back position as a game changer in the NFL. Right. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. Um, you know, you mentioned the guy Joe Mixon, but what about the other running back that was at Oklahoma, Samaj P. Ryan? A lot of people like him as a bowling ball kind of uh, threat yeah. to a pounder. What's your take on P. Ryan? You think uh, when it's all said and done, he'll go before Mixon or no? Oh, that's a tough question. I, I, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no just because I do think Joe Mixon will be off the board by the end of day two. I don't know if I could say the same about Samaj Green, uh, but I do like his running style. I think, you know, you could state a case that this guy is a workhorse back, a guy that's ready to carry the ball 20-plus times a game. And when you take a look at this year's running back draft class, all the guys we've been discussing, right. you know, we talked about Fournette and we talked about Foreman, but all these other guys are kind of changed the pace last year's, whereas, you know, this guy could come in, plug and play right away and, you know, hey, he's going to get you four yards to carry and carry the ball 300 times a year if you want. And, you know, going back to the value at the running back position, yeah, Ezekiel Elliott was a first-round pick, but who was second in the league in rushing? Jordan Howard. Howard yeah. Where did he go? Indiana. The Bears, yeah. 150th overall. Yep, that's absolutely right. And, yeah, I love Jordan Howard coming out. Uh, you know, as a Giants fan, I kind of wanted him. I know that they talked about him a lot. Um, unfortunately, they didn't get him, and they got Perkins, but uh, which I'm a fan of Perkins as well. But um, you know, one more guy I think that's at the top of a couple people's boards at the running back position I wanted to touch on. Andy, I know you like him, and maybe uh, you could go into this a little bit more with Rick. But Wayne Gallman from Clemson, what's your thoughts on him? I like Wayne Gallman. I think he's physical. I think he's a slasher kind of guy that can also keep it between the tackles and. I like everything he brings to the table. And because the running back class is so rich, he's like one of those forgotten names, right? And yeah, he's, talk yeah, about he's a slider. Yeah, I mean, hey, there's a guy day three just goes to show you. I, I, I want to draft a running back even on day two. I mean, Wayne, Wayne Gaumann's a guy I see him in being available for day three. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, I want to go in a little bit to sleepers. Um, couple guys I had on my list, and Andy, I'll ask you next, and then we can get Rick's take. Um, I had a couple guys that I like. Kareem Hunt, uh, Joe Williams from Utah, Dan Andrews, SUNY Brockport, uh, which I'm, I actually played against him when, before I went to Marist. I, uh, nice. I went to Cortland, SUNY Cortland, so Dan and I played against each other. Uh, so I know Dan, and I, I know he has legit ability. Yeah. Um, I'm still friends with the offensive line coach over there. He was my offensive line coach. So I know a little bit about Dan Andrews, the inside there. I saw him on the, the site. Um, Jamal, well, we, had him down, we had him down at College Gridiron Showcase down in January, too, where, yeah. you know, he had an opportunity to compete against the FBS Power 5 SEC level of competition, and he held his own. I think, yeah. you know, the one thing I saw with Dan Andrews was that he tried to cut everything outside. Yeah. And, you know, that's one thing that, you know, that's what I call the Blair Thomas disease. You know, you're, you're running sideways. But, you know, when you watch his film, it's really just a one long highlight reel. And this guy is like a mini Barry Sanders when you watch him. He really he is. is. Yeah, he's a man amongst boys. I, I really like watching him play. I mean, obviously, the D3 level is a little bit different competition. But 
you know, you talk about competition all the time, different levels, Carson Wentz and, you know, where guys come from, Steve McNair, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, football players, you get a chance, you can make a play. Uh, I think Dan Andrews could, if he gets in camp and he, he could make some flashes, you never know, practice squad guy or whatever. And the Lions were looking at him pretty pretty in depth, so there's something to watch. And that, that team is uh, in need of a, a run game, considering they pass the ball 52% of the time at least. So, uh, Andy, what did, give me some of uh, – what do you got for some of your sleepers here on the board? Well, yeah, as previously mentioned, uh, Jordan Howard was second in the league in rushing yards, and then a mid-round uh, Jay Ajayi emerged. So power backs in the middle rounds do emerge. And two guys I'm looking at for the Patriots are Brian Hill out of Wyoming and James Conner out of Pittsburgh. Now, I know he had – he's coming back from cancer. His explosion might be a, not quite where it is. But, uh, Rick, what's your thoughts on those two players? Well, you know, I thought it was good that he went out and got that clean bill of health coming into the combine. I think human nature, you'll still have a little skepticism in the back of your head because the thought of that coming back is always there. But as far as we know, he's got a clean bill of health. He bounced back this season with tremendous production. You saw what he did in Pittsburgh this year. Uh, However, you know, again, I think because of the depth of the class, probably a day three guy, I think James Conner is going to be a steal. Brian Hill, you know, I have mixed emotions about him, you know, just because of the running style, the upright running style. And, and I, I believe that, you know, he needs to get lower to the ground, but he is like a 6'1", 6'2", running back. So I don't know if he's ever going to be that low to the ground runner. I think it's just his style. And, you know, when you run upright in the NFL, we, we have seen running backs have success, like Eddie George comes to mind, similar type of running style. But when you run upright in the NFL, you tend to get held up and then people come in and take out your legs and, and get to you. So, you know, the production through the roof. Um, I've watched a number of Wyoming games and, you know, just sometimes I felt like he has the burst and explosion. Other times that upright running style kind of makes me have a mixed bag. Yeah. So, Rick, I think uh, for – Myself as a Giants fan, Andy as a Pats fan. Just talked to Ben McAdoo. Did you talk to him? I did, and he told me I was a year late on my question because I said, hey, the running back position was a revolving door last year. I said, well, he was elusive on the Adrian Peterson question, noncommittal there. So I said, would you prefer to have a feature back, a workhorse guy that can carry the load, or do you like the the committee approach? And, you know – he told me I'm a year late on the question that there was not a running back by committee approach. But I went back and looked, and um, Rashard Jennings had about 180 carries. I think Perkins had 120. Four different running backs started, Orleans Darkwa, um, Shane Vereen. Yeah. So to me, it was a revolving door. I don't know what Ben's, Benny Boy is looking at. Absolutely, Benny with the good hair, man. Um, so I know uh, for, for the Giants, I really do see them getting a running back. I think. Uh, Alvin Kamara would be a good fit uh, if they can get him at 55, if he could squeak into the second round. Um, I really think Christian McCaffrey fits that offense, especially the way he uses a receiver. Um, kind of want to hear your takes, and then, Andy, some of the guys you're looking at for the Pats. Yeah, I mean, Kamara would be a good fit. Um, McCaffrey I'm not as high on as probably most others just because of where you have to take him. Right. And, you know, I go back to Reggie Bush, and – to me, Reggie Bush, I had graded much higher 
than Christian McCaffrey coming out of college. So if I were to say, hey, if I can give you Reggie Bush in his prime, would you invest a first-round pick on that? Probably. Probably. Okay. Probably. All right. I, I don't know if I would. USC so, Reggie Bush, or are we talking, you know? We're talking We're talking Reggie Bush at his peak in the NFL, what oh, he was. Probably not then. Probably nah. not, right? So you saw what Reggie Bush did, and I think when you take a look at McCaffrey's burst and explosion, how will it translate to the NFL? Because, you know, people are wondering what's he going to run. His brother, Max, ran a 4-4-40 at the Duke Pro Day last year. So if Christian doesn't run in the 4-3 range, I'd be disappointed. I'm just not sure that once you get into the NFL, all that traffic in the trenches, I don't know if it's going to translate. And I, I don't think he is as highly rated as Reggie Bush. And before the injuries kicked in on Bush's career, to me, he wasn't a first-round talent. So on my board, I don't have McCaffrey as a first-round All right, so who, who, would you, who would you see as a fit in that Giants offense then? Who do you think is a realistic option for them, if you even think they need one? Well, yeah, I'd like to see them get one. Um, you know, maybe he's similar to Paul Perkins, but we haven't talked about Matt Days yet. Um, I think he's a guy that really was impressive. Um, you know, Donta Foreman is, is my personal favorite. I'll go back to that name because I think, I think ideally you want somebody to come in and be that 1A. I like Perkins as the 1B. Like, you know, would it bother me if Perkins was the 1A? Mm, I, like, I was really high on Perkins coming out of UCLA. So I think he has the ability to take the step and be the featured back. But if he's the featured back, I think you're getting back to that committee approach. You know, Vereen coming out of the backfield, being the receiving threat. So, you know, maybe McCaffrey, as you mentioned, might be a good fit if they were to part ways with Vereen because right. not only could he fit that role, but then he could also be a change of pace, you know, to offset Perkins. Um, so, you know, I mean, the Giants really have so many other needs. I'm not thinking about running back till day three if I'm the Giants. Yeah, I'm with you there. Andy, what about what you for the Pats and uh, bounce that off Rick for what you think there? Yeah, I've, I've seen marks with McCaffrey to the Pats, and I'm with Rick. I personally don't understand it, especially with James White and Deion Lewis. I don't really see the value there. And we run a committee, usually with receiving backs and a two-down pounder. So day three is – likely where Belichick will look. I don't I personally don't see the value in day two, maybe Gallman at running back, but I don't see Perrine as a value. So you'd have to wait till the mid to late rounds for a Patriots running back yeah, in my opinion. Maybe a guy like Davion Smith from Michigan. Mm-hmm. The poor man's True. not to form it in this year's draft. And you take a look at what he did at Michigan, what he did at the all star circuit, uh probably a day three guy and you know that might be if they don't invest a day two pick on running back then Davion Smith should be there for the for the taking and that that would be a good fit for New England. Yeah, yeah. definitely power. Absolutely. So Rick, so now we got into the, the running backs a little bit, but I want to hear, you know, before uh we close out a little bit with you, um let you get back to the combine there. What are what else are you hearing as far as guys at the combine, uh some risers, teams are really interested. Uh you know, I could see a guy like have that Byron Jones from UConn effect, like the Obi Melafawu player. I'm, hopefully, I'm saying that right. I, yeah, you know, yeah. He'll jump out of the gym. Give me some guys that you you know you mentioned Hassan Reddick. Yeah, yeah. You'd be leery of those UConn guys because they always test well. And uh, you know, Jamar Summer, uh, the uh, Byron Jones. I'm getting ahead of myself. Jamar Summers is next year. 
Byron Jones uh, for the Cowboys did work out. Obi, you know, I'm just not on that bandwagon. You know, uh, I know that the the production is there, but I don't see him as a as a factor in the NFL. I I, I don't see him being a starter, and he's going to come in and win over everyone at the combine and probably go very highly. Uh, but if you remember Taylor Mays, he was a workout warrior at the safety position. And I think that could be the road that Obi goes down. Um, there's a lot of guys that come to mind. Obviously, they're slipping my mind now, but I just had a really good one for you. But I think that if you take a look at it, uh, we, we went over the running backs. I think wide receivers, Chad Hansen from Cal is okay. a guy that I think – after the combine, I think you'll be talking about Chad Hansen as a possible first-round selection. KD Cannon is a forgotten man, a wide receiver out of Baylor, who I think he'll be in the mix as one of the fastest guys here in Indianapolis. I think he's been running in the four, three, eight range uh, during his pre-combine test, and so I look for him to skyrocket. Everybody thinks Njoku and Howard are going to blow up the combine. Uh, offensive line, I'm really not too sure about um, – at the top, who's going to blow up. And then, you know, Reddick is my guy. I think he creates the biggest buzz here when it's all said and done. And I do have some others, so if it comes back to me, I'll, I'll rattle them off to you. But those are just a couple. Absolutely, yeah. I, I could see, you know, you talk about the offensive line. Um, it's funny to me, you get guys like Forrest Lamp, Dan Feeney come to mind, and, and all of a sudden we're switching these guys always to guard. The guy plays – Or even center. Or center, right, and you got Dan Feeney at center. So you got guys that everyone wants to make a Justin Pugh go from tackle to guard, which worked out, and obviously, you know, that he's a prime example of that. But I feel like there's such a need for tackle in this league, as we see. I think it's kind of foolish sometimes that we always say, well, this guy, because of arm length or whatever, can automatically go to guard. Do you think you see a problem with that? It's something that I wanted to talk to you about. Well, I think – the arm length is one issue, and I think a lot of times it's the footwork. It's usually when you're slow-footed, which is why they want to kick you inside. And uh, the kid from Florida State that went to the Chiefs, I think Hudson was another one of those guys. Uh, some people like Forrest Lamp as a center too. Uh, Mitch Morse, I think, you know, was another guy. So I don't have a problem with it just because I think it's worked out well in a lot of situations, and I kind of – I compare it similarly to a safety. Most players who play safety are slow cornerbacks. Right. And I think that's where the safety position has evolved to because um, you hear a lot of coaches speaking here at the podium saying that their safety position is interchangeable. They want twins. There's no such thing as strong safety and free safety anymore. But what they are are just cornerbacks that are too slow. So – um, Jabril Peppers is a guy that should should uh, raise some eyebrows here, just, you know, thinking of secondary guys. But, I mean, how about him working out with the linebackers? He's basically going to be 50 pounds lighter yeah. than all the players he's working out with. So he should look good coming out of here. Yeah. And, uh, Andy, what, what did we say about Jabril Peppers our last episode? I'm pretty sure I had him going to the – in our first mock, I had him going to the Chiefs with Eric – with again playing with Eric Berry maybe at safety, um, what what do you think about uh, Peppers there, Andy? I just I'm not sold on Peppers in the sense that he, most of, a lot of his snaps were at linebacker rushing the passer and like I just he's light 205 pounds and I just don't know if he can translate well. He's he didn't really have many interceptions or playmaking ability and 
the safety class is deep, so he'll be an interesting name to watch. Yeah, he will. He will be. So, uh, Rick, lastly, what are some guys that everyone thinks will perform well that you could see really leaving the combine, maybe with you know some negative connotations associated with them because of the way they worked out, expecting to do well? Well, I don't know if people are expecting him to do well, but I think they're expecting him to go high. And Deshaun Kaiser would be the the one quarterback that I want to see out here just because there was the inconsistency at Notre Dame. Uh, they went from a winning program to a losing program on his watch. At times he struggled to beat out Malik Zaire. And now suddenly he's in the conversation as a potential franchise quarterback. And does he pass the uh, the body beautiful eye test? Absolutely. Does he have the ability to make all the throws? No doubt about it. But I think when you get here on the combine stage, you haven't really worked out with any of these wide receivers. So a lot of times your timing could be off. And all he needs is a, a bad throwing session for the, uh, the, the detractors to come out in the hordes and, and just start uh, dumping trash on his name. So I think Deshaun Kaiser has a lot to make or break in terms of his combine session. Um, you know, who else might disappoint? I, I, I hate to think about, you know, who might be a disappointment, but uh, what are the what are the wide receivers going to be doing? You know, is, is John Ross running? Is is Corey Davis? I don't think is. Um, you know, William Likely is a guy that received the combine invite, who I think is the best special teams kick return man we've seen come out of college since Devin Hester. And I saw him get the invite to Indianapolis, and it raised my eyebrow. Now I couldn't confirm if he's going to work out or not, if he's just here for the interviews. But that's another guy I'll be disappointed if he doesn't work out. Yeah, that's that's definitely something to keep an eye on. And uh, actually, you know, you brought up receiver real quick. I wanted to ask you because everyone's going crazy over Zay Jones. What's your opinion on Zay Jones from ECU? Ideally, you know, I want him to come in and, and be a number three receiver, whether that's in the slot or as a backup on the outside. I think that – I like what this kid brings to the table. I mean, he had a video game type of season, 158 catches this past year. You saw what he did at the Senior Bowl. You saw what he did in practice. You saw the game. A couple of those catches didn't count, but, hey, Guys he flashed it. He flashed it, man. And yeah. uh, I would actually probably rate him higher than Cooper Cup. Would you? Okay. Yeah, I like Zay Jones. Again, especially as a Giants fan, I think he would fit in on the outside. Uh, him and Odell on the outside and Shepard on the inside. I think that'd be a good fit for the Giants, but hopefully. I got another name that popped into mind since we talked running backs. We failed to mention this guy, and he could be a potential day three guy for New York Giants. Uh, Jahad Thomas, going back to my Temple roots. I'm a guy, have my finger on the pulse. You go back to the beginning of the season, and you take a look at the Blesto and the national reports that are published by these NFL organizations. Jahad Thomas had one of the highest grades not just the running backs of all the players in college football. So I think this is a guy very high on, on the radar coming into the season, had an injury-riddled year, didn't receive an all-star game invite. So, again, one of these forgotten names yeah. out there that could come to Indy and, hey, he could come here. And if he doesn't blow it out of the water, he might become a forgotten name and an undrafted guy. But if he does come and run a strong 40 time and – perform well in the positional drills, do well in the interview process, I think he could boost his stock up 
back into uh, a late day two, early day three type of battle. Awesome. Something to look definitely look uh, more into. So, uh, Rick, you know, the NFL Draft Bible, NFLDraftBible.com. Uh, yeah. Are you guys having a, a prospectus, like a scouting report come out this year or what? Yeah, well, so the Draft Bible publication, we've since converted it to online. So all of our scouting reports for this year's draft class you can find there. We'll be having the NFL Draft Bible uh, prospectus come out shortly, and that will – cover all the 2018 prospects and the future draft classes. So, again, you know, we're already kind of turned a page here to our 2018 coverage. Uh, 2017 is kind of in the can. We're enjoying the process. We're uh, out here at the Combine where, you know, they've moved us from Lucas Oil Stadium uh, to now the convention center where the media is congregated. And it's been incredible to see. I sent out my email blast. Anybody that wants to get that on board with that, RIC at NFLDraftBible.com. I sent that out today, and I just talked briefly about the evolution of the draft and where it's evolved since I started covering it in 2002 and where it's at now. I mean, it's amazing. There's probably over a 1,000 media members here in front of me. It's just really incredible to see going from a dozen guys standing around an empty room to what it is today. It's just really amazing. So, uh I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, and this was a, a very fun platform to ch chat draft with. Uh, you know, anytime you guys want to have me back, I'd be happy to do it again. Yeah, that'd be great. You know, and get back to the craziness that is the NFL Combine. We appreciate it, Rick. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate you guys, right, folks. And there you have it. That was Rick Saratella from NFLDraftBible.com. Thank you again so much uh, to him for coming on the show. It was uh, good to have our first guest, and uh, he definitely brought a lot of insight. Uh, not just the running back position. We got a little bit more out of him, so which was cool. Um, you know, hearing what's going on in Indy, what certain teams are thinking, what he thinks they might do. Uh, it was definitely uh, good for our second episode there. Um, but Andy and I are going to get into our running back uh, rankings real quickly and some of our pro comps for the guys uh, to kind of take you in and roll over it into episode three. So thank you again for uh, listening to the interview with Rick. And uh, – Andy, what do you got? Let's hear your uh, rankings. Want to do one and one again, or we'll go back and yeah. forth? Okay, cool. One and one will work. Cool. You go. All right. So number one, uh, not straight from the pack here, Leonard Fournette, LSU. He's just—he's a once-in-a-generation athlete. Rare size, speed, acceleration, can truck. His burst through the hole is incredible. It's, as receiver, he lacks elusiveness. His vision. Is inconsistent at times, and uh, but he's just a rare athlete, incredible athlete, and there's really no one in the NFL like him. I see Adrian Peterson comparisons, but I see him more elusive, better vision, more of a better running back than Fournette. But Fournette's arguably a better athlete, so I, he's once in a he's one type of player. I don't know how you feel. Right? Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, for me, it, I would have him number one as well. Uh, Leonard Fournette at LSU. Uh, of course, the pro comparison for me, just like everybody else, Adrian Peterson, talk about the speed, the size, um, just overall his game um, really does show you that he is a man amongst boys and he's ready for that transition. And, and like Rick said in his interview with us, you know, Ed Ogeron kind of got upset with him because he was ready to make that transition maybe too soon and people criticized him for that at college. Uh, however, 
Uh, I see Fournette. The only problem I see with Fournette, in my opinion, the lack uh, Fournette is with, when he has an offensive line that isn't as good like he did this past year at LSU. Uh, he can't really create on his own, I think, because of his size. Um, it might get in his way a little bit. I don't know, Andy, what's your take on that? Yeah, exactly. I, I don't see him as a very elusive runner. Right. He, he's similar to Blunt in the sense he's a way better athlete than Blunt, but if the holes aren't there for Blunt, he's he's toast. I think Fournette obviously can create more than Blunt per se, but he's he'll definitely be more of an offensive line dependent type running back. Right. He won't create a lot on his own. Absolutely. So who's your pro comp for him there? I mean, it's tough. There's one 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 of a kind. I would probably say Adrian Peterson, although they are a little dissimilar. Right. I mean, there's no running back in the league that's 240 pounds and runs a four four. So exactly. It's it's AP is like two twenty. Guy's a freak athlete. Um, Absolute freak. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know who else you could compare him to. Um, NFL.com has him as Bo Jackson. Now that's a little that's a little crazy. <laughs> a little crazy, yeah. Um, I don't know about Bo Jackson, but um, no. I could see um, like maybe um, Thurman Thomas, maybe a little bit with the power. Um, that's something. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe a little bit of Eric Dickerson mixed with Thurman. Yeah, Earl Campbell. There you go. That's a good – I could see Earl Campbell for him. Um, all right. I like that. Uh, obviously, I think a lot of people would have Leonard Fournette also on a number two. Yep. So then uh, for my second running back, uh, I view him as a safer pick than Fournette. Uh, not as much upside as uh, McCaffrey out of Stanford. Patient runner, elusive, elite receiving ability. He's toasted linebacker. See, he could play in the slot on certain downs. He's that good of a receiver. Uh, mismatch all over the field. Not the most powerful runner. Uh, there's some size concerns there. But my pro comp for him is Le'Veon Bell. I think that just like Bell, uh, great receiver, needs a great offensive line, in my opinion, to be an effective running back. First case, he's a he's a weapon out of the backfield, similar to Woodhead, Reggie Bush in that sense. But I definitely think he has way more running ability than those two. Yeah. So I would say Bell. Okay. Uh, that's an, definitely an interesting different take uh, than I've seen on him. Uh, my second guy who has kind of, uh, I've been up and down on him. I, we just talked before our show about how I'm a little bit higher on him now. It'd be Dalvin Cook. A lot of guys have him and Fournette one and two, uh, some flip-flop there. But I have Dalvin Cook. I just think he has really good speed, burst through the hole. He's really good out of the backfield, catching the ball. He could help you out. Um, you know, he's, he's a winner. He's battle-tested in games. Uh, I like the way he, he shifts in the hole and kind of cuts and goes, um, makes guys miss. I think he's an, honestly a really, really complete back. I think he is obviously quicker than Fournette, maybe not as powerful. Um, you know, obviously has a little bit more elusive ability uh, that you said Fournette lacks. Um, they're really close in my book, actually, a lot closer than I had thought. Um, I, have, I have my pro comp. Uh, here with Dalvin Cook to another Florida, former Florida State running back who's with the Atlanta Falcons, and that is Mr. Freeman. Uh, the way that their feet are, uh, I think Freeman could be a little bit more shifty um, where Dalvin Cook is more just go get him straight away. Um, more, a little bit more of a one-cut and go back than I think uh, Mr. Jukes Freeman. But um, – 
I, I see that pro comp again, especially because of the Florida State connection. I think you know they're very similar um, runners. So for me, that's my number two guy. Sweet. And then for my number three guy, uh, I see a fall off after the first two. I would say there's a late first, early second round talent. Uh, yeah, I'm most. Wayne Gallman out of Clemson. I just he may be the most complete running back in the draft from receiving ability, cutting ability, power, vision. Uh, he's okay in pass protection. He lacks experience outside running, just shotgun shotgun formation. That's all they ran at Clemson. But he's very similar to McFadden and Demarco Murray. He runs a little upright, but he's a complete running back, and I think people are sleeping on him in this draft. Yeah, I think one thing I'll say about Gallman. Gallman's a little bit down the list for me. More about the seven range for me, six, seven range for me. Uh, one thing I will say that is different that sets him apart from a lot of other running backs. Um, we talked about the McFadden pro comp for him earlier, and you just brought it up as well. Uh, runs a little high, but I will say the thing about Gallman that I like is he's a very good pass protector. He had to do it at Clemson with Deshaun Watson. I think he's actually the best pass protector. Um, and I think that gives him the best chance to step on the field and play right away. It's talking about especially those second, third-round guys. If you want to get on the field and you're not a Dalvin Cook or an Adri- uh, or a Leonard Fournette, excuse me, I almost said Adrian Peterson, I think you want to get on the field, you have to learn how to pass protect. Because at that point in the draft, everyone has some flaws that are a little bit more than everyone else. And I think if you could pass protect, you could get in the game. So that's a, a positive about Wayne Gallman that I see for sure. Definitely. He's pro-ready in that sense. Yeah. Uh, for me, my number three pick is Alvin Kamara. Um, like we discussed with Rick earlier, I think he's one of those guys who's climbing up draft boards. Um, he's got good size and speed. A um, little bit of issues with his vision. Um, he may read the wrong holes at times. Um, but, again, I think he he really has a good mix of size and speed that will help him at the next level. Um you said you could see him in the Giants' offense. I could as well. Actually, I pro comped him to D'Angelo Williams. Um, I see oh, that. What's that? I see that. Sure. Yeah, D'Angelo Williams. Okay. I see that in his game. Um, again, just like a, a shifty kind of back. Um, pretty good with his feet, especially in the hole, and he could create for himself. He's very elusive. Um, I like Alvin Kamara. He's a draft riser. But again, like you said. At this point, it's mid to late first round, second round guys um, after those top two. But I could see Kamara sneaking into the first, especially at the back end there. Definitely with his ability, lucid yep. ability. Yep. So then my fourth running back, uh, I'm down on him compared to most people, uh, Dalvin Cook. Now, most of his touchdowns I saw, just they're on the outside. He's speeding by people. He's fast as all hell. Yeah. Uh, natural pass catcher. Um I think he lacks the power to run north-south, and his ball security was uh, questionable as well. Yeah. And uh, I see him, interestingly, I compare him to Atlanta running back Tevin Coleman, which is okay. Freeman. I yeah. see him as he'll definitely have a role in the NFL, definitely an outside runner. Yeah. Uh, Tevin Coleman was killing us on the sweeps in the Super Bowl, and I think he can definitely run. I'm just not sold on him being a player, but and it's a lot of spread, a lot of shotguns, so – Odds are he'll actually have a very successful career in this NFL. Yeah, I think open. with with him, it's like it's it's a weird thing because that offense has a little bit mix of a power offense. It has a little bit mix of a spread at Florida State. 
It does yeah. a little bit of everything. So I don't know if you can – I think we've actually had a problem with scouting guys because it's either their pro style or their spread. And there's very few teams that can do a mix of both. So with you know our pro comps, the two different guys, um, it's, it's interesting. They're two different kinds of runners, and we see them in two different lights. But that's because they're – it's that offense that Florida State runs is such a you could either view him as a outside runner or you can view him as you know bull. I think Dalvin Cook is just I really think he's a complete back, so I think he could kind of do it uh, all. But uh, you're right. I think especially the fumble problems that's uh, that could be an issue going into his rookie year, especially guys that know that go strip him, uh, the ball from him. So that's interesting. Number three uh, take there for you. Uh, for me at four. Um, I have a tie, um, and the reason here is because of size. One, I think people and scouts say that he lacks size, and that's Christian McCaffrey. And one is Donta Foreman from Texas, where people say he may be too big sometimes. He's like a bowling ball. Um, Donta Foreman, for me, is a bruiser. He's that uh, you know shorter version of – my not not so shorty six one, but uh, of like a Garrett Blount, you know he's a bruiser. Um, you know he'll run in between the tackles. Obviously, um, they ran power football. I can actually see him being almost like a Jonathan Stewart as well, especially in Carolina. I could see Dante Foreman, um, Christian McCaffrey. I pro comped him to Matt Forte. Um, uh, again, a really good receiving back. He could run outside. Um, he, he's actually, I think he's a pretty patient runner, honestly. And I, I've seen him, McCaffrey, um, he's pretty underrated with his patience and running. Uh, again, the size for both those guys, um, as far as fit, are, are, are an issue to scouts. So I could see uh, both those guys being like a second-round pick, third-round pick, one because of too big. Uh, they may think he's too slow and foreman. Um, and McCaffrey being where do you put him? Almost like a – Jabril Peppers, but on offense, you know. Uh, definitely, if teams don't. Teams are confused what to do, pretty much. I think he's more defined than Peppers, but I get, I get what you're saying. Right. Yeah. And then Foreman, Foreman's issue too. He was one of the worst fumblers in college. Yeah. And Belichick hammers that home. I don't know if other teams care as much, but he. I've read on the forums that he has a bad fumbling problem. Yeah. Um, I haven't. You know, to be honest with you, I I didn't really notice that one. Anytime I watch Texas games, I didn't see him fumble it, but. Um, you know, that's not to say he obviously didn't. Um, and if he does have that issue again, just talking about like Dalvin cook earlier, that's a problem that nobody in the NFL is going to tolerate. Um, and you're not going to see the field much your first year. If that's the case, um, on number five, number five, uh, my fifth running back is, uh, Alvin Kamara out of Tennessee. Okay. Now, as you said, he's just a very elusive shifty player. He, he, He's the opposite of Fournette, and if you don't give him a lot, he'll create. He'll definitely create on his own. He has slot versatility. He he played a few snaps in the slot. Great receiver. Uh, limited production. He lacks power for his size. Uh, ball security is a weakness. I see him at the next level as uh, Melvin Gordon out of San Diego. Like the second year version, obviously not the first. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just a a shifty runner. Uh, has speed. Can make people miss. Um, not sold if he can be a like workhorse, and uh, also not sure if he can pound the rock as much. But he's definitely an elusive player, and he'll help teams at the next level. Okay, 
Yeah, it's a really interesting take there. I like that. Uh, now I'm Kamara. Like I said, I'm I'm a big riser on him. Um, my sec, my my fifth guy technically here is a guy that could be much higher. I think uh, with the off the field problems, um, it's Joe Mixon for me. I think he's a little bit more of a complete back than what people think Samaj P. Ryan is like. Um, and I think he really would have been the main back there. Obviously, like we talked about. He's got some off-field issues. He punched a female in the face at a Panera Bread, I believe it was, which is yep. dropped it to the ground. Oh. Hey, anywhere else? If you know, you pick two, one, two. Joe Mixon takes you out of Panera. So no, I mean, obviously that's not a funny situation at all. It's um, definitely not. Obviously, hitting anybody, you know, at that stage of your life when you have everything to lose, um, is a problem. Especially a woman is not cool at all. Um, but. Joe Mixon for me, I comped him to Le'Veon Bell. He's a really patient runner. He's inside-outside kind of guy. Um, again, I think really besides the off-the-field stuff with him, I really don't see much that I don't like about his game. He's a, a long strider, which could be uh, an issue. Maybe um, can slow down his feet and change of uh, direction because um, he kind of glides. But he can glide to go faster in, in a straight-ahead sense. Um, he can really kind of turn it on. But as far as change of direction, sometimes those long striders have a problem with that. Um, you know, he's not going to be the guy who could stop on a dime um, in the open field. So, Where would you have him if he didn't have his off-field issues? Uh, I would have him um, – I would have him above Foreman and McCaffrey. I would. Um, because I think in a pro offense, he fits a little bit better – than a McCaffrey who, not again, not to say McCaffrey could be bad, but I can see McCaffrey being one of the all-time college busts because of the fact that he's so hyped and like a Reggie Bush, you know, like we talked yep. about with Rick. Uh, I could see that, unfortunately, being a, the case for Christian McCaffrey. Um, and I think Joe Mixon just fits a pro-style offense a little bit better. Um you know, you could also pro comp him, especially with his long strides to like Arian Foster. Um, very one cut What's that? The one cut runner, long stride. I can see that. Yeah. So definitely not as powerful as him, but right. No, definitely not. Definitely not as powerful. Uh, he's a little smaller. So, um, and then some other guys I wanted to talk to you about, and then we'll finish up. Um, give me your pro comp for Samaj P. Ryan from. Oklahoma, the other Oklahoma running back. Uh, Samaj P. Ron, he's a – I watched him on film. He carries the pile. He's not very quick. He's kind of no. slow. But fans – Patriots fans will know this as Ben Jarvis Green-Ellis. 1,000-yard uh, rusher for us, 13 touchdowns. Productive running back. I see him as a two-down player. Uh, we'll get you three to four yards constantly. Won't break a big run. But a uh, solid play at the next level, worthy of a mid-round pick. Right. Uh, I had Michael Turner there uh, for the pro so comp nice. for, for P. Ryan. I, I think, again, like you said, he's slow, but he's a bowling ball. You know, he'll lower the shoulder, and he'll get you those tough yardage. Um, even kind of reminds me of like a, a less speedy, if you want to call him that, Kenneth Dixon. Um, similar. Similar. You know, obviously he's not as fast. Uh, he's very slow, like you said, very slow. Um, he if he runs like a four seven, it wouldn't surprise me. Blunt ran a four seven four, so 
I yeah. see Blunt is faster than him. He could he could really fall in the draft if he runs like a four eight. I could see that. Like yeah, I could too. And especially you know, I don't know what his um his, not his health, but his overall you know not that he has bad health, but if he comes in like a little overweight, um <laughs> I, I could see him running like almost like a four nine. So seriously, <laughs> which is bad because like you talk about like that's like tight end speed. That's slow. That's really it's slow. Off. That's modern tackle speed on some of these freaks. Right. Like, exactly. So, so, so then the guy I want to talk about is, uh, I don't know much about him. Maybe you could fill us in, is Donald Pumphrey. He weighed in today at 176 pounds. That has to be the latest running back I've ever heard of. Yeah. Den- Denell Pumphrey is San Diego State Aztec. Um, he was a finalist with Dante Foreman and Dalvin Cook for running back, uh, top running back in the nation, the Doak Walker Award. Uh, Denell Pumphrey – to me, reminds me a lot. Uh, he'll be used a lot as a return guy, um, but also I could see him in a Darren McFad. No, I'm sorry, not Darren McFad. Darren Sproles type of role. Um, he's a quick guy out of the backfield. Um, he can actually run between the tackles, but the only problem is his size. You know, can he take the hits? Um, and that's probably not the case. I mean, again, for a guy like Darren Sproles. You know, can he take the hits? You know, yeah, he can. He's made a really made a pretty good career for himself, um, Darren Sproles in the league. So uh, there are, there are needs for guys like this. You know, a returner, a third down back, screen pass kind of running back. Um, he's shifty. He's quick. Um, I like him a lot. He had a really good week at the Senior Bowl. Um, I don't know. I like him. Have you seen any tape on him at all? Uh no, not yet. I've just heard his stats pretty much that he or yeah. college. He, and I know he's very small in that sense. And, and again, you have to look at you know the conference he was in. He was out in the Mountain West, uh, playing you know San Jose State, you know Colorado State, Boise State. They're not. I mean, the defense there isn't. No. It's not SEC Big Ten defenses we're talking about. Um, that's the other thing. So, um, but you know he had, he had a good showing at the Senior Bowl. Um, I think he'll be a fifth. You know, fifth-round pick is a good grade for him, um, especially on a team that needs, like, that third down, change of pace, quick running back. So Definitely. Yep. And then is there one player at the combine at the running back position that you're just curious to see how they perform athletically? Yeah, I think there's um, – Is Kareem Hunt uh, running and doing drills? Kareem Hunt, um, she should. I mean, he has no – I want Well, it's my opinion that nobody should really skip out that much. Because oh, the combine, right? So it's like, you know, of course, what's on tape is on tape, and that's your resume. But, uh, you know, I don't know. It's like, in my sense, it's just as important as an interview. It is your interview. It's your on-field interview. Um, it's like the SATs, and the film is your grades in high school. It's similar to that. Exactly. That's you a, need to show up in both. Right. That's a fantastic way to put it. Um, you know, not to mention – you get a guy like uh, in the classroom, you know, or just interviewing with teams like Joe Williams. We talked about before the show, the Utah running back. He had retired um, midseason. Uh, apparently, he had some mental problems uh, dealing with the death of his younger sister, who passed away, uh, which is why he stepped away. But teams are going to ask him, "Hey, do you love football? You know, do you, you know, is this something that may happen again? You know, and it might. You know, is that mental issue behind him?" Um, is it something that's going to pro, uh, prolong in the future, um, you know, and come back up and rehash itself? 
So uh, stuff like that is interesting. I really like Kareem Hunt. I'm a big Kareem Hunt fan. Um, I'd like to see what he does. And uh, I'd like to see Jamal Williams from BYU. A lot of people are high on him. Um, I have him comped to like Paul Perkins, who the Giants took last year. Uh, he, he's an interesting guy for me. What about for you? I mostly want to see – I'm curious to see how Perrine runs. Can he run a decent time, serviceable time? Uh, I want to see Jeremy Nichol, McNichols. He's uh, interesting out of Boise. Yeah. A lot of his runs, he's like – he wants to bounce on the outside a lot. He's tricky. But uh, I'm curious at his athleticism because Boise State produced Jay Ajayi, their last three-down runner they had. And he's projected like third, fourth round right now. Curious to see what he brings. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um McNicholas, is it McNicholas or McNichols? McNick, is it McNichols? I'm pretty sure it's McNichols. McNichols, yeah. I know Matt Miller is high on him when he watches tape on him. I've watched uh, a couple cut-ups of him. You know, he's your average running back to me in, this, in the draft. I don't think he jumps off at the page at you. He's not going to be a, you know, a, I think he'll go somewhere in the three to four, late. you know, three to four, you know, three to five, three to four, somewhere around there. Someone will pick him up. He'll be, you know, come in. He'll compete at camp. You know, maybe bar some injuries, he'll he'll be able to get a chance to play a little more. Um, but yeah, he's definitely an interesting prospect. There's no doubt about it. I'd like to see him uh, as well. So I think this is an interesting running back class. It's it's loaded. It's loaded. Deep as hell. Right. So many players that can fit roles, and like you say, even people like Pumphrey, they can fit certain roles in the league, even if they can't be main running backs. Yeah. Um, Real quick, I want to touch on our last little piece here, and then we'll obviously have a show next week post-Combine. Uh, who are some guys you're looking at at the Combine, whether risers, fallers, sleepers, X-factors, whatever you want to call them? Uh, a big one, obviously, uh, from previous podcast is uh, Desmond King. People are wondering if he has the speed to play corner, and if he runs like a 4-6, that could tumble him to the late second round. I want to see Basham out of Ohio, defensive Ohio. end. See how he performs athletically. I really like him. I see him like as an early second round pick. Some teams have him. Some boards have him in the third. He's interesting. The safety from uh, where is it? Connecticut, mm -hmm. as Rick said, Mefalano. He he's likely to be a freak. And then Reddick is interesting. Rick was a huge fan of him, and I guess he's an amazing athlete. And then Tyus Bowser out of uh, Houston. Houston, yeah, somewhat a player to Reddick. But you could get him at a cheaper price. I'm curious how he performs. Yeah, uh, Tyus Bauer is an interesting prospect to me. Um, got that edge rusher at that outside linebacker position. Um, I think he'd actually be a good fit for the Green Bay Packers. Um, you know, replacing Nick Perry, he'd be an interesting pick for them in the, uh, maybe like the third round. I've seen Tyus Bauer, uh, Tyus Bowser go. Um, that's another guy for me. I agree with there. Um, I'm interested to see how the quarterbacks uh, throw. That'll be interesting. Who throws, who doesn't throw, um, how they perform. Um, because, again, another aspect, like Rick said, you look at they – they're not used to these receivers. So, uh, you know, you're not going to have your number one guy out there. You're throwing a different kind of players. That, that'll be interesting. Uh, I'm interested to see uh, how the corners perform, um, especially a guy like, uh, you know, Sidney Jones, who could be a top – tier level kind of player in, in the first round he could go you know some people have him in the second round so I think for a lot of guys this is like a make or break thing um some dark horse guys I like the uh the pass rusher from Youngstown State Derek Rivers I believe is his name 
Yep. Um, Derek Rivers, he's an interesting one. Um, uh, there's another guy from Florida Atlantic or Florida International, Trey. Um, I forgot his last name, Mick something. Uh, he's a pass rusher. He'll be an interesting kind of player. Um, Trey Hendrickson is his name. He'll be an interesting guy to see. Uh, there's a lot of edge rushers I'd like to see. I'd like to see the kid from Villanova, how he performs. Um, so uh, there's a lot of guys. Um, the Bucknell offensive tackle, uh, Julian Davenport, he'll be intriguing to watch, how he performs. He'll need it. He's got long arms, especially those tackles. You know, like we talked about with Rick, a lot of guys want to get converted to guard if they're undersized or they're too long, they're too this. You know, you pick everything out with a fine-tooth comb. You know, let the guy he's a tackle, let him play tackle. You know, let the guy play guard if he's a guard. Um, you know, it'll be an interesting combine. Like always, you look for certain players to jump through the gym, and you got to be wary of that, I think. Uh, weary, excuse me, of that because, you know, certain guys are just gym rats, and they'll jump off the page on that. But once it comes down to it, you know, how do they perform on the football field, you know? Looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. You got it. So <laughs> – that is how we will end the show. It was a two-part show for us this week. Um, the first part, uh, if you didn't catch it, with Rick Saratella, the interview from NFLDraftBible.com. It was great, again, having him on, and we appreciate that. And uh, so this was the pre-combine show. We talked a little running back, little sleepers, fallers in the draft. And you know we'll see uh, post-combine whose stock falls and who rises. So it'll be interesting, and we'll have more to dive into next week. So – for Andy Pryles, Matt Giannettino, and we will see you guys next week. See you next week. The podcast will hopefully be on iTunes soon. Check us out.